than answers. Like when your dog hears another dog down the street, why does he look at you as if you had something to do with it? This is true, isn't it? Yes. There's dogs barking in the street. My dog looks up at me yeah. as if it's my fault. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I know how to stop my dog barking in the front yard. I take it into the backyard. Wow. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio, entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events. Strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listened to before she went to bed, Picks and pulls in her unconscious mind, and that's the very tune she snores. Let's have a listen this week. <laughs> Let me rock it, Amadeus. Oh. <laughs> oh. She's going through her 80s collection right now. I like it. See how that works. <laughs> so snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe of value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She's also a producer and sound engineer. Heather wishes her car backup camera had a save button because some of the expressions on their faces. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello. A couple of years ago, I went to buy a car and I was in the dealership and there was a salesman trying to sell me extra insurance, trying to sell me extra coverage. In thing, if things went wrong with the car, if things broke down, 
and I'm sat there in the car with him. They're trying to prize more money out of me, of course. He said, what would you do, for example, if this reversing camera suddenly broke down? I said, I'll do what I've done for the last 30 years and look over my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't very impressed. There we go. Of course, reminiscing about reversing must take you back. See what I did there? (laughs) I also wish to introduce the man and crazy Michelle Corrie. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle realised this week we've had 5,000 years of eating bread, and now all of a sudden everyone's allergic to gluten. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. That is true. Imagine Jesus at the feeding of the 5,000. I'm vegan. I can't eat that. Has that fish been mercury tested? Is this bread gluten-free? You'd give up, (laughs) wouldn't you? A moment on the lips, a lifetime on the toilet. I also wish to introduce our resident psychologist, Chad Peters, joining us tonight and every night, of course, to keep us in check, to make sure we don't stray from the rows and work outside of a normal framework of society. Chad, Chad realised this week <laughs> that telescopes use mirrors. At least I didn't call you Todd. <laughs> yes. That's happened. <laughs> Chad realised this week that telescopes use mirrors, so we have no way to know how many vampires there are in space. Welcome to the show, Chad. Thanks. Vampire jokes should never see the light of day. They're mad, they're bad, and they are paranormal. This is season three, episode 61. I did some very basic math this week. Do you realise this is episode altogether when you count series one, series two, and current series three? We are now on 234 shows wow it's wow. remarkable amazing and we're still standing here up to our ankles in water should we make a nice noise for our ladies and gentlemen the studio is flooded <laughs> <laughs> we're currently literally in water as we speak as always we introduce our first round which is infinite knowledge so armed with the martin sponsored gong the pan of chocolate martin sponsored gong of infinite knowledge the croissant of facts the brioche of statistics, stand back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get noisier every week. Mm. It's a very noisy gong. Must be the water. It's the water <laughs> affecting the gong. Yeah. I've heard water can affect your gong. Oh. I do believe this is true. Mm. Wow. Firstly, what I will say, this day seems to be a day for musicians. There isn't a quiz on any of these people, but it's Bono's birthday today of you two. I love him. So oh, happy wow. birthday to Bono. Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols. Sadly, no longer with us, of course. Fred Astaire. A lot of birthdays this week. But on this day, in 1908, in Philadelphia, the first ever Mother's Day was observed. So for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts about Mother's Day. Feeling confident? No. Perfect. This is what I like to hear. (laughs) There are points to be won. The most phone calls are made on Mother's Day, adrift from any other day of the year, of course. All you need to do to win your points tonight, in millions, closest one will win. How many calls are made on Mother's Day? The closest one will win, and I shall write your names on my piece of paper, so I know who's going to be winning, but I think it's going to be me this week. I'm feeling very generous. (laughs) There we go. Generous with yourself. That's right. I often am. Yeah, I have to spend many, many a lonely evening here in the Midwest Plains being generous and giving. 
to myself. My oh, philanthropy God. in that area knows no bounds. Miss Morris, <laughs> to the nearest million. How many phone calls 34. are made on Mother's it. Day? Five you times. are going for 34. I can write that down. Michelle. 150. 150. Chad, what are your thoughts? How many calls are made on Mother's Day? I'm taking the over. We're going 151. Wow. Oh. You are giving him the bird, Michelle, but you don't need to because you've won. It's actually lower. It's 122 oh. million, would you believe? So you get the first points of this evening. There's a long way to go. Many a slip twixt cup and lip, but you are currently in the lead by two positive integers. Mother's Day is different, of course, in Britain and some countries around the world. Our Mother's Day in Britain is the third week in March. It's to do with Lent rather than some random woman who's died. Anna Jarvis, that's the lady who founded Mother's Day back in the name, pushed for it to happen. It was originally put together in 1908 to remember her mother, because her mother also wanted to push for a Mother's Day. So after her mother's died, she carried on the flame. She passed on the baton. And Anna Jarvis is the woman that you need to look towards for all things to do with a Mother's Day. If it's not one thing, of course, it's your mother. <laughs> Anna Jarvis. Freud said that created the Mother's Day <laughs> International Association. A Mother's Day was signed into law in 1914 by President Woodrow Wilson. In later life, Anna Jarvis would become famous for opposing what? That's what you need to do tonight? Mother's Day. You think... <laughs> you are such a numpty <laughs> She spent Her mother spent all her life trying to get Mother's Day put on the books. When her mother dies... She then spends <laughs> the rest of her life trying to get Mother's Day puts on the books. It's added by President Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. And you think that she was famous for opposing Mother's Day. Yep. You're going with that, are you? Yep. That's your answer. Yep. <gasps> Why am I here? Oh, Michelle, what did she oppose throughout her life? Anna Jarvis. What do you think she wanted to remove? Get rid of. See, destroyed. Burnt to the ground, incinerated. What would she oh, be against? There's many things people complain bars about. Bars than drinking. Perfect. That's a great yeah. answer. There's nothing wrong with that. Bars and drinking, you're in the same sort of time frame there. That would make sense. Yeah. Prohibition's not a million miles away. It's going to happen shortly, isn't it? From, one. from that one. That's a great answer. Chad, what was she opposed to all of her life? Oddly enough, Anna Jarvis hated comic books, especially Iron Man. Yes, yeah, she wasn't a big fan of Iron Man. <laughs> Quite amazing, considering she died in the 40s and Iron Man came out in the 50s. Yes, Miss Morris, if not she, the 60s. It, her life's work was effective. Oh, they yeah, I yeah. see what you've done. She, uh, she kept it from coming out, seeing a light of day. Miss Morris has got her hand up in the background, like a small child in kindergarten. She's definitely <laughs> used the bathroom. Do you need a wee-wee? Do you need to go and use the toilet? No. What would you like, Morris? I want another one. Bras. What? Bras? Oh. She wanted to get rid of bras. She opposed Burn the bra. Burn them. Oh, wow. A storm in a D cup. This is what you're suggesting, is it? Oh, look at She's raising her hand. Too. Oh, you want another? When did the convention that everyone gets two rounds and goes on this? What would you like now? Pantaloons. Pantaloons. Anything you'd like to add in the women's clothing department for this say round? Holes. Oh, I'm going. Go on, say mine. holes. How could I possibly be wrong? Jamies. <laughs> As much as it pains me, Miss Morris is 100% correct. She actually opposed Mother's Day. Thank you. It is 100% true. She what? got it put into the law books. She got it recognized as a national 
holiday and then she hated the commercialization of the candles the cards the flower selling she organized boycotts and walkout walkout she used up all of her money all of her bank account was then wasted and spent on trying to stop mother's day from happening so she campaigned all of her life and all of her mother's life to get mother's day recognized and then spent the rest of her life trying to get it removed. No. You're welcome. No. I'm brilliant. Yeah. She died in 1948. Imagine what she'd think now. If she thought it was commercialised oh. back in that period, what must she be thinking now, that poor woman? Probably nothing. I'm pretty sure she's dead. She ended up, she died in 48. Well, as you know, Chad, I talk to dead people. and This is a paranormal show. So despite the fact that your psychology background and science suggests that when you die, you rot, I'm going to go out there and say that she still thinks that this would be bad if she was in spirit now and seeing these things. She'd be rolling around in her grave like a barbecue. We could do a PET scan and find out. We could actually (laughs) do a seance. Let's get, let's forget the rest of the show. Are you there, Aaron Jarvis? Knock on the table. Fantastic. Wow, I didn't see the show going down this road, but I'm happy to embrace all things. She died in a sanitarium. (gasps) She went mental? Well, never a mother herself. Jarvis died penniless in an institution and she was never told who paid her bills or why she was there right up until the moment she died. She went to her grave not knowing. If she was in spirit, of course, now she would be fully aware of that. To win your points this evening, you just need to tell me who actually paid for her bills and her stay in that institution. Simple enough question. Who would you think would pay for that? Who do you think would Miss Morris is cheating. She's on her laptop. Look, she's no, looking at the no, arm. Yeah, I hear the mouse clicking. No, my hands were in my pocket, and then, well, what, and then that, the mouse that, just started that clicking. That poses the question: what was, is using Google. What was clicking then? If I ran, no, oh my! And then, and then my hands went out of my pocket and clicked the mouse because, uh-huh. my lord, uh, the screen switched, and I don't know why. Because you were probably talking about ghosts. So yeah, talking jump. about ghosts. Right. The computer crashed. Is what mm-hmm. you're telling me. So it was the Mother's Day Foundation that paid for her. The Mother's Day Foundation paid mm-hmm. for her bills yeah. without her knowing. Yes. That's a good answer, Miss Morris. You brought Sensible into the studio this week. I won't let it happen again. By the way, can we can we talk about last week's show? That was madness, wasn't it? It was awesome. I thought we were on oh, different right. planets. Yeah. It was like four different people in four different time zones and dimensions all coming together what in one place. Last week? Exactly. <sighs> I was in the funny zone. I don't know where you were, Miss Morris. What dimension was you in? Uh, I can hear demons screaming in the background. Demons. Mm, yeah, I was in the Chewbacca zone. Was you? He sadly, sadly lost him last week. Michelle, who do you think paid for her stay throughout the rest of her life when she was in a sanatorium? Think irony, perhaps. Something like that. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson himself paid for that. He put the bill through in 1908 and then paid her care for the rest of her life. Chad, what are your thoughts? What are you going to jump in and try and seize the point? Uh, her mother. Her mother was long since deceased, but it was a group of incredibly thankful florists. Can you believe she complained? It's terrible, right? And they never told her, but florists actually paid for her stay because they'd made she had made them so much money. Would you believe a quarter of all the flowers purchased in a year is on Mother's Day. I would. Apparently it's good to talk to plants. I tried to teach my flowers mathematics, but they ended up with square roots. Wow. Michelle's on two. I'm yet to score. Heather's on two. Chad is also 
yet to score, but on this day, in 1986, Orokmi Amadeus by Falco reached the top of the charts. Now, Falco was, of course, Johann Hosel, or Hans Hosel, Hans Knees Bumster Daisy, from Austria. <laughs> Unfortunately, he died in a car crash in 1998 at the tender age of 40 years of age, and he's buried in Vienna, so for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio. I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts about famous composers. Ooh. Of course, we're going to start with Mozart. Mozart wrote the overture to Don Giovanni on the morning of the opera's premiere while suffering from what? Nothing like leaving it to the last moment. This is like kids doing their homework on the morning they've got to go to school. But this is Mozart. And he's got the opening premiere of the opera of Don Giovanni that very evening. But he wrote the overture that morning. But he was suffering from what? When he did it, Miss Morris, what was he suffering from? An ingrown nail. An ingrowing nail. That's going to stop you, is it? Or hinder you? I guess if you're playing the piano or the harpsichord, that might be problematic. You're going to go with the ingrowing nail. You normally spread your chips around red and black. Mm -hmm. Anything else you'd like to add to that? Any other ailments? Any other things he could be suffering from? An earache. From? An <gasps> earache. It's a rough old day for Mozart. He's got the premiere of his opera that evening and he's got an ingrowing now and earache. Double bubble. Michelle, what's he suffering with? What's causing him consternation? A massive hangover. He's got a massive <laughs> hangover. He'd been drinking the night before, hanging out with his mates in Vienna. He's been on the glue vine. He's been on the schnapps. He's feeling a bit worse for wear. He's having to write his opera that very morning with a massive hangover. Chad, what are you going to go with? Oh, an incredible fever. An incredible fever. Michelle's actually doing very well this evening. He had a massive hangover. He wrote Don Giovanni with a hangover, apparently, and you shall get two remarkable points. Franz Schubert was given his nickname by his friends due to his height. All I need you to do for me is to tell me what his nickname was and I want you to think edible foods. So he was very short. Franz Schubert was short. His friends thought this would be very funny to give him this nickname. It's food related. What nickname was he given? Brussels sprout. He was given <laughs> Franz Schubert, one of the greatest composers of all times, was called Brussels sprout. Yes. Little Brussels sprout. B.S. Yes. You're happy to go with that. Yes. You're going to stick with Brussels sprouts. Yes. Michelle, what was he called? Think food. Think small food. Tiny shrimp. Tiny shrimp. <laughs> You've got some vivid imagination, haven't you? Isn't these, that brine? Well, these, <laughs> I was just wondering how landlocked countries like Austria get shrimp. That's all I was thinking, but I'm happy to go with that answer. Chad, what was he called? The mushroom. Did you know that, or was that a guess? That's totally a guess. He was the mushroom. Really? Oh, yeah. He's called the little mushroom. Aww. You took me aback a little bit because you said it so confidently. <laughs> I thought this was knowledge you had. I thought you were about to tell me that you'd studied the classical composers. You had a degree in music. He was called the little mushroom. That's 100% correct. Huh. That's made me smile. Wow. If you got called the little mushroom now, that wouldn't be so good, would it, I'm guessing? No. Chad, we're going to call you button mushroom. Oh, yeah, just to see how that goes down. Just, that wouldn't be the best, would it? As a throwback to, yeah. to the nice. show. Yes, yeah. I like Absolutely. it. Perfect. What did Edvard Grieg rub before every performance for good luck? Now, his head. He rubbed his head. I'm going to give you a clue, Morris, because it could be many 
many wondrous things. He kept it in his pocket at all times. His head. <laughs> <laughs> there was a hole in the pocket. Oh, there's a hole, there's a hole, there's a hole. Wow. <laughs> now you know how he managed to write King of the Mountain, right? Yes. This is how we are. Marbles. He rubbed his marbles. That's right. Oh. That he kept in his pocket at all yes. times. In case he lost them, he wanted to know where they yes. were. So what are you going to go with? Because it's important. What are you going to go with? Head or marbles? Marbles. You're sticking with marbles. Yeah, with a backup of head. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, head's always a good plan B, isn't it, in anyone's world? <laughs> Michelle, what did he rub in his pocket before every performance for good luck? Either a coin or his watch. A coin or... what? Did, how comes everyone suddenly giving me half a dozen answers <laughs> each? Chad, what did he rub? How about a cross? He rubbed a frog figurine. It was a little figurine, porcelain figurine, in the shape. He had a lucky frog. Shirt. He rubbed it and he kept it in his pocket at all times. Me too. I'm just about, wow, look. I've got something in my pocket for you. Look, can you? No. <laughs> Travel Scrabble. Elgar. <laughs> I've got something in my pocket that you can all play with. Travel Scrabble. Elgar wrote the main theme for his cello concerto on a napkin after waking up from what? Oh. Elgar wrote the main theme for his cello concerto. I feel him we're very cerebral this evening. Normally, he's surgery. Poo and wee wee. <laughs> Waking up from what kind of surgery? Hangnail. Hangnail surgery. <laughs> Some of the worst hangnail injuries. You should have seen those hangnail injuries in Vietnam. Appendix. Hundreds of men shipped back to Britain and America Appendix. with purple hearts due to hangnail surgery. injuries. His appendices. Yep. His appendix were removed. Elgar wrote the main theme for his cello concerto on a napkin after waking up from what? A coma. Waking up from a coma. Good answers. Mm-hmm. I like the way mm-hmm. this is going. Chad, where were we thinking of there? I'm going to steal we... Michelle's answer from a while ago and go with a hangover. A hangover. Oh. I'm going to give Morris a couple of points because I'm feeling mm. very generous this nice. evening. It was dental surgery. Ooh. But he was waking up from dental surgery. He suddenly had a fantastic idea. The first thing he found, I'm guessing it's those napkins that you wipe your mouth with or perhaps they put on your chest to stop all the spit and gunge Goo, and everything blood. that happens from dental surgery back in the last century. And <gasps> that is 100% correct. I woke up from surgery with something slightly different uh, than an idea for a cello concerto. I had knee surgery. I dislocated my knee very badly playing soccer or some ligaments. wasn't fun. I knew it was going to be painful because the moment it happened, it all went numb. If stuff goes numb in life... Mm. You've got problems, haven't you, generally speaking? Mm-hmm. But yes, I got surgery on my knee to put everything back in place and make sure it was all working correct. And I was wheeled into the corridor and a nurse said, Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee, can you wake up? And uh, I, I I had uh, rather discouragingly what a lot of men have when they wake up um, after a, a sleep in the morning and uh, everything was ahead of me. There was a lot of surprises in the corridor for a lot of people that day. Oh, I'd share that with you. Yes. You've only got a smock on, haven't you? Do you hear what I'm saying? Hello. This is where we're going with that. Wow. Did you know Mozart was the first person to use a hashtag in front of everything? <laughs> oh, came up with we are sign. working on a whole new <laughs> level. That was then, but this is now as we move into our favourite part of the show. It's the mailbag! We love... The Mailbag, if you'd like to write to us, if you'd like to share your messages of support, if there's parts of the show that you like more than any other, if there's comments you would like to make, as long as they're nice, if you send me bad comments, I will send those to my mother. But you can do that if you go on 
Facebook. If you go onto Facebook and search for more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, you will find all of the stories, all of the cartoons, all of the banter, all of the jokes, all of the hilarity and much, much more. It's one big happy family all on there. Catherine has posted. How about Adrian for the new prince's name? Oh. Well, he got named Archie, didn't he? He did. Which is a good name for a dog, really, more than anything. Do you like the name Archie? Oh, great for comics. Yeah, that's no, absolutely right. Yeah. I love it. He likes the name Archie. There you go. I don't think Adrian would be the way to go. There was a pope, the only ever English pope in the history of popedom, which I think is what you get in Indian restaurant to mop up your gravy. Um <laughs> was Pope Adrian, of course. So uh, it is a popular name going back in the day, but he's been called Archie. But thank you for your suggestion, Catherine. I think that's a good idea. Catherine listens on the Dark Matter Digital Network every Friday at 10 p.m. Central Time. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. I'm going to set Heather a task because we haven't read out the top 10 countries for a very long time. So if Miss Morris gets busy working on that, by the time I finish the mailbag, I bet she could give us this week's top 10 countries. Emma from Dallas in Texas posted, hope you're all well and have a great weekend. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Emma, we appreciate that. All the way from Dallas, I'm sure their weather is a bit better than ours oh. at the moment. If you missed the show, if you wish to catch up with the show, it's repeated on the Dark Matter Digital Network all weekend over Saturday and Sunday. But if you go to SoundCloud, our shows are archived. If you go to SoundCloud, search for MQTA Radio you will find all of the last 234, did I say, shows over the last six years. They're all there for you. You can listen to them back to back if you're writing a cello concerto on a napkin after a heavy hangover. If you're rubbing vigorously your frog figurine as we speak, you can go on there and listen to the show. If you're listening now on SoundCloud, why not press the little orange love heart and tell us how much you appreciate what we do. And why not write us a review? We're on lots of platforms. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. Tuning Radio, Buzz Sprouts, is it? I don't know the names of these things. Buzzsaw, I think. Buzzsaw, there's Buzzsaw, Brussels Sprouts, Gasbox, Hedgehog. There's all kinds of weird and craziness. If you can't find us, you've only got yourself to blame. But if you can write us a nice review, like Good Job Guys or Well Done MQTA, on some of those platforms, we would appreciate that. And I do want to tell you, there's a little Easter egg that we give you, a little surprise, a little bit of love coming from MQTA, into your house via your laptop via your digital radio via your cell phone we stay in the studio for an extra 20 to 25 minutes at the top of the hour we don't go home we could go home we could go to the bar there's many places we could end up but we stay in the studio wallowing in the flood water as we live and breathe and we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of filth because when we're searching for the paranormal stories from around the world we come across stories of a slightly adult nature And we're not allowed to read them out on air. But on our platforms, we can do whatever we want. So if you find us on SoundCloud, for example, or iTunes or Stitcher, MQTA Radio, you will find an extra 20 to 25 minutes of a round called Not For Your Mother that we only read out in our platforms. We don't want to get into trouble, do we, Miss Morris? You look like a woman who's achieved many things in her life, including finding the top 10 countries for last (laughs) week. Are we on that or do I need to tread in water here? We are we, we have the top six. We have the top six. That'll do to start with. Let's do that. Why didn't we get the last four? We always get the top ten, don't I we? I don't know. They I'm happy to on take vacation. six. They're on vacation. I'm happy to take six of the 190 countries. 
the U.S., the U.K., Canada, South Africa, Australia, and Vietnam. Wow. Mm. What? I like the way Vietnam crept in there at the end. There's always one country that comes along that you think, how did that sneak in there this week? Who's listening in Vietnam? Over countries like Germany and Japan or Australia. Now Australia was in there, wasn't it? They understand my accent. (laughs) Yes, we all find that incredibly hard to believe. My mum said, if I had nothing nice to say, not to say anything at all. John, our good friend and Patreon. Thank you, John. Hello, John. John. He says, great show as always. He says, good night, Lee, Lee, Lee and Kay. We suddenly realised, didn't we, last week. That apart from Morris sat in the corner, we'll have the name of Lee. Yep. You have the middle name of Lee? I do. You had the middle name of Lee, although yeah. you wasn't sure we had to look at your driver's license. <laughs> My last name, of course, is Lee. Miss Morris, you had nothing in there, did you? You just had K. If you change your name to Lee, that would make life easier. Yeah. It could just be the Lee show and everyone could be a Lee and we could have points for that. But thank you, John, for those very kind comments. We appreciate your support. If you wish to donate to the show, we did lose a lot of equipment. We're still wallowing around in water all of the platforms that i read out earlier they all cost money we have a lot of studio costs if you wish to donate a single dollar to this show you can go to patreon patreon.com search for mqta radio miss morris would you like to tell our listeners what they get for their single dollar what things can they expect to see if they donate to the show you get to see full video of all the episodes that we have video on. <laughs> yes, we are we are currently videoing we're every, trying. every single episode. Despite the water and the problems we're having, we are actually videoing this. So if you go to Patreon and pay your dollar, you will actually see us in glorious Technicolor, which is very useful for the times where, for example, I get the bird or things are thrown at me, like Miss Morris is doing now, where Michelle is being sick. Because we force fed her with oh bugs God. or Buckets. some sort of disgusting <laughs> food Licking substance. Toilets. That's the sort of thing. So you get to see Chad looking very dashing and handsome. Miss mm. Morris throwing things at me. Michelle being sick. Who wouldn't want to see that? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's worth a dollar of my money. Woo! I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Bit of Robocop there. But what would they get for their money, Miss Morris? You also get all of the episodes a heck of a lot earlier than everybody else and their full episodes with a not for your mother segment tied in as well as some unaired episodes and um some little fun stuff like uh, there's a few gifts as well yeah. you get all kinds of good treats and goodies like the ghostbusters story yes there are many things on there that you yeah. get for your dollar it's definitely worth the money and we do appreciate that it keeps us going it does, we are actually. not operating at a profit we're just trying to break even and have a bit of a fun on a Friday night. Lisa, a patron and good listener and friend of the show, says Hi, she Lisa. listens to the archives. I, I listed all the archives. I said yeah. where you could find them. She says she listens to the archives until the show starts on a Friday night. Wow. Which is a good Thank way you. to kind of ease your way into the madness, isn't it? Lois posted. She's another friend and supporter oh, yeah. of the show. Hi, she sent us the wine. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, we haven't so drank much. it yet. Yes, we need to, we need to crack that open. She said, I love the show last night. Lots of laughs. You guys are awesome. And Mandy Aww. says, I love this Aww. show. If you wish yeah, to write Mandy. to us, if you wish to share your comments of support, I love to read them out. Go to Facebook, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. I have a Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S. We have 100,000 listeners on there. And I write books. I am an author. My day job is to sit with a cup of tea and my dog writing away on my laptop so if you're into ghosts if you're into hauntings 
if you're into historical buildings, if you're into urban legends, if you like mysteries. I've written the books Mysterious Minnesota, Mysterious Midwest. And Mysterious Midwest had a forward written by Grammy award-winning artist David Ellefson. Megadeth, of course, if you're into heavy metal. He has written the forward to that book. But if you go to Amazon, if you go to any other good online bookshops, you will find my books on there. Just search for Adrian Lee. I was interviewed a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to plug this because it was a really good interview. One of the best interviews I've done in a long time. And I don't often get interviewed. Obviously, I'm the person who's normally interviewing. So it was unusual for me to be interviewed. But if you want to hear me talking about ghosts, hauntings, Ouija boards, witchcraft, UFOs, crystal balls, all manner of strange and paranormal things. I was interviewed on a podcast, which is on YouTube. It's available. If you type in Ethan Clerk, the Ethan Clerk show, and that's Clerk spelled C-L-E-R-C. And I've posted a link, by the way, on Facebook. So you've got no excuse for not finding that. But it's the Ethan Clerk show, Adrian Lee. And a lot of people have told me it was a very good and informative interview, including my mother, for some reason, who decided to watch that and post that on Facebook. I'm happy to reference my mother in my work. This is all good. Do you want to discuss, Miss Morris, what we've been doing on a Tuesday at 8 o'clock, week in, week out? Things have slightly changed. So if you'll let our listeners know what they're missing, what are we doing on a Tuesday? Well, what we did this last Tuesday is we did a follow-up to The Curse of Oak Island and started watching The Curse of the Civil War Gold Explain to me how everything's suddenly a curse on the History Channel. The Does show this mean is a curse. that the bones that my dog has buried in the backyard are now the curse of bones buried by Adrian's dog? Why is it a curse just because it's missing or buried? What's the curse? Explain to me what the curse is of Civil War gold. The curse is you're stuck watching it thinking there's something <laughs> going to happen. It's like Scooby-Doo, isn't it? Oh, the curse so of Zombie Pirate <laughs> Island or something. It wasn't a great show, but if you join us... We have a watch party. I <laughs> know oh, I'm talking it up for everyone to come and join. The point is the show's irrelevant. Yes, yeah, what, it is. What, yep. What's it's... informative and funny is the 500 people drinking. that are watching it and we have a drinking party Yep. live on the thread on my Facebook site and while this crap's going on in the background. Yeah, it's the MST3K of Love it. network TV. It's yes. a joy. Let me just recap. For those of you that TV. missed the episode, the first episode of Curse of Civil War Gold, they discovered some tunnels between two old Victorian buildings. No, they haven't discovered them yet, have they? They just thought they were. Yeah, there. yeah they, they think they might be there. Do you know might there's be. tunnels all the way through this town? In the Midwest, they put tunnels between every old building because they had a main area in town that had a steam heating system and the heating was pushed into every building and they did this in Wyndham. In the town we're sitting in now, they have... In the town square, there was originally a steam heating system, and there were tunnels that would go to all of the buildings to heat all the buildings up. So it's not clandestine. It's not bizarre. It's not... Obviously, they used them in Prohibition and stuff, because it's useful to have tunnels, right? But they were steam heating systems. And then they found some hits with a metal detector on the seabed that they thought may have been some gold. But despite the fact that this is the second series, they have no permission to dig anything up or to lift anything up. So, look, there's a hit. It's ferrous metal. We can't do anything about it. There you go. Blow on it. See if it moves the dust about. And that was an hour. But we had fun. We enjoyed ourselves. Yes, very much. Till next week. Now, 
Martin, who sponsors the gong of Infinite yeah, Knowledge, has sent us a huge crate of cotton candy. We're working our way through this on an almost weekly basis. I'm going to prize the lid off this one. We've had pickle flavour. Do you yep. remember the pickle? It was very sharp. Yeah, very sharp. very wasn't very good, was it? You'll hear me peeling that back. We had, last week, took us all by surprise, jalapeno. Ooh. That was rough. It still sat there. No one wanted to take it home. Oh, <gasps> I know, right? Painful. Yeah. This looks. This is beer. We're going to go with beer-flavoured cotton candy this week. Mm. <laughs> so we're consumer-testing cotton candy for our listeners. This oh. is beer-flavoured, courtesy of Martin in New York. I shall take a big... I hate beer, by the way. Do you know I've never been drunk in my entire life? I don't. No alcohol has ever passed my lips. Do you know that? God's honest truth, I tell you. Yeah, it makes one of us. So I'm taking what looks like the insulation from around the pipes of a Victorian building, probably laden with asbestos. I'm not going to eat that just yet. Chad needs to wade his way across to Miss Morris. He needs to pretend he's Moses. He's going to split the flood. There we go. Michelle was... Punched her Sorry. microphone and made everyone in the world completely deaf. If you're listening to me, buds, I apologise for Sorry. that. It's all good. She's taking a huge... What are we thinking? Let's have a taste. Beer-flavoured cotton candy. There. This is delightful. <laughs> That's pretty good. Right? Does that taste like toffee to you? Sweet, sweet beer. Oh, my sweet. God. No, you don't like that. What's wrong with that? I thought that tasted pretty decent. Uh, me too. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't like beer, and I think that's pretty good. That tastes like toffee or caramel. No, yeah. it doesn't. Caramel. That's in the shape of a dinosaur. Look, he's pulled a piece off that looks like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Look. <laughs> nice. Dinosaur-shaped <laughs> cotton candy is the way to go. Wow, get it down. You, you realise there's no actual beer in that. If you read the label, I bet there's three different types of sugar and two different types of colouring, and that will be it. Read the label out. What does it say, Chad? Sure enough. Sugar. Sugar, yep. Dextrose. <laughs> Sugar. Yep. Natural flavor, natural vegetable and plant extract. Okay. And, and coloring. <laughs> it's basically natural coloring and sugar. What could possibly go wrong? How can you not like that, Miss Morris? It's disgusting. If I we fall now... off my chair, I'll drown. What, again? <laughs> Chad, we're looking towards you this time to bring some sanity, to bring some cerebral content to the show. Please, sir. Sivu play this week's bizarre, random, fascinating fact. Who was the first to claim that the Earth goes around the sun? I would say, well, Miss Morris, who who was the first to claim that the Earth travels around the sun? Galileo. 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 Let me go. Galileo. Not a bad guess. I would have said that. That would have been my guess. I know. I bet the Chinese probably found that along before him. The reason he's famous for saying that is because he was actually imprisoned by the Spanish Inquisition for suggesting <gasps> that. What are you going to go with, Michelle? No one suspects Hispanic. For <laughs> 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 one glorious with... moment, I thought you were going to come up with a Copernicus. Copernicus. That's, yeah, that's an even better guess. It is a better guess. But actually, Aristarchus of Samos... Born 310 BC. Wow. What was we thinking? 1800 years before Copernicus suggested it. And Copernicus knew about him. In fact, cited him in his first manuscript, but it was deleted by his publisher. Plagiarism. Who was it? John Stamos, what? <laughs> yes, John Amos. That's right. <laughs> wow. There, you learned something new. You leave this show with more than you arrive with. I'm going to look at the scores because I've lost track of where we are. Michelle's on four. I'm yet to score, but I've everything to play for. Heather's on two. Chad is also on two. As we go into the round that we call Ghosts and Hauntings. And remember, we don't do orbs. 
paranormal investigator claims to have photographed 17th century ghost of James I's courtier at a haunted house. Ooh. Paul Rowlands claims he spotted medieval politician Sir John Trevor at Plasteg Manor in Wrexham, Wales. A lot of people don't like it under Wrexham. <laughs> and he says he has a picture of the evidence. The spooky image appears to show the outline of a man's face floating above a candle. Mr. Rowland, who has been investigating the Jacobean Manor for 16 years, believes the ghost is Sir John, who built it in 1610. He said, It really surprised me when I saw the picture. I took the pictures around a week ago, and I've only just got around to looking at them now. It's the clearest photo I've ever taken. The photo was captured with my specialist lighting in the Regency bedroom, which is the room associated <laughs> with John Trevor. Do you want to go in the Regency bedroom? That's the honeymoon suite for anyone else. Mm -hmm. I speculate that it is him, as I believe I was calling out to him at the time. Sir John was an MP between 1592 and 1614 before his death in 1630, and according to Mr. Rowland, is very unfriendly. Visitors to Plasteg reported hearing laughing voices and footsteps and seeing objects move and some experienced temperature changes and rapid mood swings. <laughs> on the night... Because I'm being married. On the night, there was three of us in that house. It's a a woman called Liz. A man called Malcolm. Oh, well, I'm glad they're getting a mention on it. Yeah. Liz was spiritually aware and said she sensed an unfriendly figure. So when I saw that photograph, I feel like it really gives more credibility to what Les was feeling. I am pretty sold that the picture is paranormal, as if you look at the positioning of it, the head is at the correct height, and the body that would have been on the table by the mirror. If it was a reflection of someone, they would have to have stood on the bed, and there was absolutely no one on the bed or on that side of it. <laughs> a spooky floating face, or that's just not the case. You decide, mm. go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian. I'm surprised that during the entirety of that story, a certain word wasn't thrown out to get everyone a drink all around the world in our Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game. Mm. Seems legit to me. You all think that's legit, do you? <laughs> bunk oh, yeah, right. oh. oh! The Bunk Mobile. Bunk. <laughs> the Bunk Mobile's arrived with Captain Bunk and his merry band of bunky men. You can have a drink. Oh, and she snorted as sorry. well. No, I coughed. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to get everyone a drink oh. around the world. If you're playing the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game, you can have a drink, but that photograph is available to see if you jump to our website. I shall give myself two flickering candle in the mirror points. <laughs> Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? A controversial viral video shows what one woman claims to be a ghost messing up her father's bed sheets. The footage was uploaded recently onto social media by Cheyenne Rachel or Raquel or Rahel or whatever her name is. Okay, that was a big moment to be famous. She was going to have her name yeah. read out. I'll make you famous. On the biggest paranormal show anywhere in the world, and mm. you messed it up for a uh, disappointment. Well, she had set up a camera in her father's room after he had complained about being disturbed by the feeling that something was moving his sheets. Oh, that's so weird. While he was trying to sleep in the middle of the night. That's, that's just, stop, that's so, so weird. <laughs> 
Who Bonk. sets up a camera in somebody, yeah, in somebody's set, father's bed? Yeah, I'm going to set up a camera to see what your dad gets up to late no, at night when no, he's getting I don't disturbed. Even know. That's terrible. My dad oh. has been feeling his sheets Where being are they messed from? with. Where's this? Where are they? I don't know. I think they're English. Mm-hmm. That's not that's, an English that's accent. That's exactly what I'm Yeah, I nailed it. That's Birmingham, isn't it? Stop Manchester. ruining it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're sorry. ruining the moment. I'm ruining your mojo. I'm yeah. messing up with the flow. Well, he's been feeling that his sheets, they've been messed with, and someone was sitting on his bed in the night, so he set up a little spy camera. The spy that's, camera. That's Southern Bell Birmingham. And this there. is <sighs> what he saw. Look really closely to yeah, the get, sheets. Get in close and have a real good look. That no. were lifting. Oh, no. God. No. <laughs> I don't want to know anymore. He thought <laughs> the sheets were lifting. No. No. In the beginning. Keep going. Make it up. On the left side of the screen and they were popping up like gophers. <laughs> bing, bing. No, I, I don't. That made that up. What, I made sound it of, up. So that beeping noise you make is it the sound ping. of gophers popping up? No. Yes, in the it middle of a bed sheet. Oh God. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, well, anyway, the sheets were lifted in the beginning on the left side of the screen. That wasn't him. I know he didn't do that. Uh-uh. He was dead asleep, snoring, and sewing logs. And if you look really, really closely, get in there. Something shoots out of the sheet. Oh, for God's sake! Oh no, it's a vulture. When it drops to the right, and then it disappears. It's gray and kind of looks like a head. So there was a head between the sheets. Nice, a gray head. Poking around. It's the gray lady. (laughs) There was a poking head in the sheets, and then it fell on the floor. Scary times. I know. I'd be concerned. While the video certainly seems to show a lot of movement of the sheets, it's difficult to determine exactly what's going on. It's quite possible that the father is moving the sheets himself. No kidding? <laughs> he was moving the sheets. You could have What are you doing me? in there? Don't come in. I'm moving the sheets myself. Oh. Give me five minutes. There's come in. also a possibility that someone off camera is interfering with Papa Sheets. Oh. So... I'm just thinking it's restless leg syndrome. Papa Sheets. Papa Sheets. Papa Sheets. With some Vitus dance. With something about gingivitis, what? Yes. Some Vitus, the king of dance. Dance until you're dead. Some Vitus Cathedrals in Prague. Uh... Been there many, many times, Miss Morris. And I it's shall bunk, give you. by the way. It's <gasps> bunk. Yeah. If you're playing the bell bunk and snort drinking game, Miss Morris has bunked her own story. Bunk so it. I've been informed mm-hmm. there's a button. That you can push that will shout that out for you. Thank you, Dave Marlboro, fan okay. of the show. I wonder where that was there's going. There's a bunk button? I've been informed that there's a button you can press. You're absolutely right, Ched. <laughs> there is a button you can press. The shout, <laughs> that bunk shouts out. out bunk. Really? Yeah. We need to look well, into that. Well, not exactly bunk, but, you know, a radio-friendly version. Of a radio-friendly. <laughs> so can we get this on the show, or are we going to have to use this in the Not For Your Mother round? Maybe in the Not For Your Mother round. It's something to think about. We should put the positive intentions out there, just as Miss Morris did, and she's now up to a resplendent, it's your dad's arm, six. (laughs) This is a creepy moment. America's most haunted house terrifies a couple as they spot three child ghosts prowling past them. Not one, not two, but three child ghosts. They're scariest in packs. Ha, ha, it's a pack of children. Brandon, 47, and Taryn Hunt, 38, claimed... 
they were greeted by a terrified departing guest as they arrived at Myrtle's plantation in Louisiana. The couple decided to film some of their own overnight stay. Why are they filming their overnight stays? And why are they filming themselves in bed, these people? What kind of Everybody bizarre... Everybody does it. Yeah. Don't you? Come on, man. .com sites are they filming on their laptop cameras? I'm okay with couples doing it, but filming your dad, that one's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm stuck on that. some issues. You can't get past <laughs> so it, can that's you? Weird. <laughs> that's weird. We are the psychologist. You. you are the psychologist on the team. <laughs> the couple decided to film some of their overnight stay, but 47-year-old Brandon claimed he never expected to capture anything like this. <gasps> Every footage shows what happened. And it's three pairs of feet walking from the staircase into the main hallway before vanishing into thin air. Two appear to be dressed in long white socks and black buckled shoes. And one of the spirits pauses as if looking directly at the camera before the feet turn and walk off. Haunted by feet. I have to wonder, don't you, if you lose your legs, you're going to be haunted by your legs, haunted by your feet. I had a friend, when I was a child growing up, I had a friend, his parents lived in Duxford, which is an airfield in Cambridgeshire. Oh, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> no, it's not a joke, it's 100% true, but Douglas Bader was a Second World War fighter pilot, and he did lose his legs. He crashed, he lost his legs, he got prosthetic legs. I often wondered, when I was staying at his house late at night, you'd see two ghostly legs walking down the hallway. Brad the ghost. phantom legs in Yes, the ghost, absolutely. <laughs> the ghosts of Douglas Bader's <sighs> legs. He actually bailed out. He was flying a hurricane or a spitfire and he actually bailed out over Germany and was held in Colditz and they actually had to send him his legs so he could walk around. The Red huh. Cross provided him with his legs. But I wonder if you could be haunted by legs. Sure. Be haunted by body parts. There's a hand coming towards you. A phantom wet willy in the middle of the night. Haunting your auric field would be <laughs> penetrating your most intimate auric field would be no, a terrible, terrible no. thing. Brandon claims neither he or Taryn spotted the feet when they were filming the room and only realized the supernatural walkers when watching the video the next day. Brandon said, I thought it was spooky, weird, and crazy and unexpected. We weren't expecting to see anything, and then lo and behold, there we saw the phantom children's feet. <gasps> We were freaking out when we saw the video. It was totally surprising. We didn't know what it was or what to expect. Or that even could have happened. A ghost child. Or oh, this drives me wild. You can say, <laughs> go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian. And you can see the photograph of the ghostly children's feet. Two things. Is it possible that you may only have the skill to see the children's feet? Do you see what I mean? The yes. whole ghost may be there. Right. But you might not be able to bring to the table seeing the whole apparition. You may only be able to see part of it, and it may be down to you. Yeah. Although that has been recorded on camera. My take on this is, so most of the time you're not hearing the children speak, and children are scariest when they're quiet. Yeah, what are they up to? Exactly. They found your granddad's stash, haven't they? That's what's <laughs> taken place. <laughs> they seem to be very quiet. <laughs> I did actually have an investigator. We were investigating up in Duluth, the SS William Irving. It's a 900-foot-long cargo oil iron ore freighter. Yep. And it's a museum now. It was built mm -hmm. in the 1920s, the 1930s. It's a huge slab of industrial engineering. And we did several investigations. And people have died on that ship in industrial accidents. Sure. People being swept overboard and various other things. A guy in the boiler room, one of the pipes fractured and he got scalded to death 
And I just think that's got to be one of the worst ways to die, isn't it? With <gasps> boiling hot steam. Yeah. I mean, your skin's just got to flail off, and, and, and you're there. Um, it was a terrible way to die. So there was a history of deaths on board that ship. But he actually saw, up in the pilot house where the rooms were, where guests would stay, he actually saw a phantom pair of legs walking down the stairs. And I just wondered if it was the fact that he couldn't see it or the ghost couldn't fully manifest itself. Right. It never had enough energy. I also considered the idea that the layout of the ship may have changed. Because oh, do you remember sure. that famous story of that guy in York who was changing a light bulb in the basement of the Civic Building in York in Britain? Yep. And he saw a ghost Roman army walking through the basement, but he only saw them from the knees upwards mm -hmm. because the Roman road yes. was a foot lower than the level of the current basement. So I wondered if the schematic of the building had changed and you're only getting to see the legs. But there's many, many reasons why that may happen. You can go to our Facebook site and see that for yourself in glorious Technicolor. Michelle, what have Ooh. you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and or hauntings? Lily Collins has claimed that the spirits of Ted Bundy's murder victims visited her at 3 a.m. as she was filming a new movie, Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Nice. They're my favourite characters in mm -hmm. uh, yeah in uh, my life. In my life, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> These are the ones I want to be. I was wondering if that was the dark version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. A little bit. Nice. Yeah. Read them out again. I want them to be dwarves. What are their names? Extremely wicked. I'd like that as a dwarf. Yeah, a little mm -hmm. extremely wicked. Yeah. Shockingly evil. Shockingly evil. Yes. And vile. Vile. Yeah, little vile. He's playing with Dopey and Doc at the moment. I thought that could be me. Chad and Heather. Wow. Fight amongst yourself. He's shockingly <laughs> evil and I do electrical. He's got a shockingly evil black beard mm -hmm. and a little widow's peak like you'd expect yeah, for a yeah, villain to yeah, have, yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> Straight I off the monsters there. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> the actress who plays Bundy's girlfriend, Elizabeth Klopfer, in the new film says that while filming, she'd wake up every night at 3.05 a.m. and be unable to get back to sleep. I would go downstairs and have a cup of tea, trying to figure out why I'd woken up again. She tells the Observer magazine, I started being woken up by flashes of images like the aftermath of a struggle. After looking it up online, she realized that 3 a.m. is a time when the veil between the realms is the thinnest and one can be visited. She added that she thinks it was Bundy's long-dead victims trying to contact her, saying, I didn't feel scared. I felt supported. I felt like people were saying, we're here. We're listening. We're here to support you. Thank you for telling the story. In the film, Lily's character Elizabeth has no idea her handsome boyfriend, Ted Bundy, who is played by Zac Efron, is secretly a serial killer. Bundy ended up killing over 30 women and teen girls in just four years in the United States in the 1970s. Yikes. He was imprisoned twice, but still managed to keep killing innocent victims after escaping from prison the first time. I didn't realize he'd escaped. Yes. Uh -huh. He escaped from, twice, I think. Did he really? He escaped oh, wow. uh, from Colorado, definitely. Mm. But um, he was executed on the 24th of January, 1989, after committing his final murder, that of 12-year-old Kimberly Leach in Florida in 1978. Yikes. Mm. Wow. So she claims that she's now seeing his ghost. Yep. Well, that's not good news. I shall give you points. You're now to a resplendent, almost a winning mercurial symmetrical aid. Have I got time to squeeze one more in, Miss Morris? 
I have a couple of minutes left, I'm being told, so we will whiz through a story that we would have in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. It says, meet the people who want to eat each other and themselves. The texture was good, it looked tasty, there was a nice hint of spice, and if Gwen hadn't spent all day cooking it, she probably wouldn't have guessed that the sausage she was eating had been made from human blood. Well, that escalated quickly, didn't it? Right. She'd even invited one of her friends over to try the meaty dish and served it up at a candle-lit table with a side salad and a gourmet-style bloody drizzle. Mm. They both agreed. Too much soy sauce, but otherwise delicious. Last month... beans there, nice Chianti. (laughs) (laughs) Last month, Gwen van der Zwan from the Netherlands tried cannibalism for the first time. It's very casual. Did you try broccoli for the first time or try a Thai restaurant? No, we're trying cannibalism for the first time. However, she's no Hannibal Lecter and no humans were hurt in the making of her dinner. Instead, she made the meal from her own blood, which she painstakingly drained into a medical bag on a daily basis. After becoming fascinated with the idea of trying a human sausage. Want to try human sausage, Michelle? Well, the night's oh, still young. I'm sure no. something can happen. <laughs> Why is my idea considered disgusting? But doing the same thing with pig's blood isn't, she asked. No, at that's the pretty time. gross, too. Yeah, that's disgusting. I've written that on my notes. Look, and that's disgusting, too. <laughs> Although she's rare in acting publicly on her unusual taste, Gwen is far from the only one to be fascinated by cannibalism. Dating-style fetish sites match up those desperate for human flesh with those who want nothing more than to be eaten alive themselves another says i'm 30 something man looking for a female so we can sample each other's flesh <laughs> cut together cook together and eat together non-lethal cuts so we can enjoy eating one another just an ear or an e-cap just a little bit off the shin perhaps no. would be victims refer to themselves as long pigs a term meaning human flesh which was used by man-eating pacific islanders who thought people tasted like pork man sausage for me or I'll just have a cup of tea. You decide, go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers, with Adrian Lee, and you can see all the photographs of the cannibals for themselves. We now sprint into the round that we call not for your mother. It's the round that we cannot read out on air. That means you've found us on one of our platforms, so thank you for coming to find us. We appreciate your support. If you're listening to us now on iTunes or Stitcher, why not write us a nice review? If you're listening on SoundCloud, why not press the little orange love heart and you can cut and paste the link and tell the whole wide world on your social media platforms that you're listening to the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world this is the round we call not for your mother for good reason because if your mother's of a nervous disposition if you've got young children in the room they need to be removed these are stories from around the world this week that are too laden with sexual innuendo too laden with filth to read out but we can do what we want when we're on our platforms so let's tuck ourselves in and make a start you have been warned shoe size is not a reliable indicator of penis size research shows someone got paid to do this research how big are your feet let's get your todger out and we'll measure it the old adage has always been if you have big feet Another part of your anatomy is similar sized. I've always said that about Michelle. There. You are such an <laughs> ass. 
I like the way that they use the word penis in the title, <laughs> but then say on the second line, another part of your anatomy. Mm, like now right. they're suddenly blushing Ooh, and yes. they're suddenly embarrassed. Mm, I like ladies' things. <laughs> but sadly, it turns out that this may just be an old wives' tale, as research would appear to dispel this. Someone's got paid money to do this research. Scientists oh, yeah. are adamant that there's absolutely no correlation between penis size and shoe size. That's true. Otherwise, my ex would have wore toddler shoes. <laughs> toddler oh. shoes? <laughs> you mean the ones you see in like little boots? Like, like, like knitted? Oh, those Chinese women. Oh, like bandaged <laughs> feet. Oh, so sad, but... yeah. Dr. Jill McDevitt, resident sexologist at Cal Exotics, explained to Insider that the size of your toddler... <laughs> was largely down to genetics Ooh. so you've got your dad to thank for that yeah. she yeah. said penis size is not correlated with or predicted by shoe size or any other body part for that matter penis size is determined by a combination of genetics and environmental factors nature versus nature nurture i would suggest Ooh. mostly in utero all this stuff's decided oh yeah if you, you've even popped your head out recently it's like a pregnant stripper. Can you imagine such a wonder? You're watching a pregnant... Yeah, a little hand comes out. <laughs> get the money. Get Grabs the money. <laughs> well, I think that stripper's pregnant. It's taken my money. That's terrible. <laughs> wow. If you're not paying a dollar to watch this show on Patreon on video, it would now be worth 100 <laughs> cents of your money to see that the mime Michelle did mm-hmm. to that very scenario. Recently, researchers compared the penis measurements of more than 15,000 people, and they found that the average length of the flaccid penis is 3.61 inches, and the average erect penis measures 5.16 inches. Penis size can be a huge source of anxiety for men. Scientists from the King College London quizzed 173 men about their deepest and darkest feelings, and 30% of the lads confessed to feeling dissatisfied with their size on the flip side there's always positives and negatives on the flip side 35 percent said they were satisfied with their length perhaps Mm. they should be asking the ladies and not the men yes sadly for insecure men women do not seem to care about the size or so they say nearly a third 31 percent were perfectly happy with the average length but an overwhelming majority 52 percent reckon six to eight inches was the prime schlong size so it's not all bad news there if you wish to see that resplendent report for yourself throbbing its way into our facebook site you're welcome to do so if you go to more questions and answers with adrian lee michelle what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother want to get a tattoo I have a couple already, but I do want to get a third. I'm looking at a third and a fourth one as we speak. I, I just probably... haven't got any money. We could yeah. do our own. Yeah. We <laughs> have tattoo I'll guns. I'll do yours. You do mine. Yeah. <laughs> you went to art college, so I'm probably getting a better deal there. Yeah, I've I went to prison. Oh, <laughs> she's going to use a candle and a needle and a, and a, ink, and a, pen. And a ink pen. Just take the middle out. <laughs> Miss Morris, fancy a tattoo? No. Not going to have one? No. Don't want one? No. Not interested. Mm-mm. Can't talk you into it. Mm-mm. No shape or form. Get you some vouchers. No. Not going to happen. Mm. An Aussie dog owner was horrified to find her tattoo meant to resemble her pet dog. Actually ended up looking like male genitalia. Well, do you think there's a theme developing tonight? Mm, I do. Show? How bad must that tattoo be, by the way, if she wanted a picture of her dog and it's ended up looking like tw- 
Twig and Berries. Well, I'll get into that. Okay, perfect. Kayla Robertson, 26, adopted her pet pup, Penny, a year ago and wanted to show how much she loved her. The animal lover from Perth decided to get a small tattoo celebrating her dog's adorable face. Sue, while on holiday in Bali, the medical receptionist took the plunge and had a a recreation of her 18-month-old Australian Shepherd's permanently inked onto her skin. Nice. Yes. Loving. Kayla took a recent snap of Penny into a tattoo parlor in Kuta last week and paid one million... One million. Rupla. It's probably like three pounds eighty. It's about a hundred dollars. Six dollars. Nice. For the artwork on her right forearm. Oh. oh. Very prominent nice in public, yeah. yeah. Yep. But after just 30 minutes of work, Kayla said she was shocked when the tattoo artist said they were finished, despite her feeling it was minutes. only half done. 30 minutes. 30 minutes for a portrait of your dog. The tattoo I've got on my left shoulder took 36 hours, and even now I think there's things that could be done. Right. A portrait of your dog, 30 minutes. Yep. Wow. Kayla said I went to Bali for a wedding, and I decided to get a tattoo while I was there. What's the worst thing can happen about getting a cheap tattoo in Bali? I mean, that's <laughs> legit, right? There's no, no septicemia or HIV. You'll be Nothing. fine. Nothing. No problem. Yeah. Maybe it'll look like a two-hole penis on your arm. Unbelievable. <laughs> I have seen this tattoo, by yeah. the way. It's a dog. It's I mean, in every sense of the terrible. word. It's one of the, it, the line work is just blown out. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. He did the outline of her face perfectly, so I was feeling good about it. But then he started doing the eyes, and it went <coughs> all wrong. <coughs> one eye looking at you, one eye looking for you. <coughs> That's shocking. I saw that the nose looked weird and a bit crooked. But I couldn't like really date. tell. This is a blind date. Yeah. Read that out again, but think of a blind date. The outline of the head Ooh, looked great. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I love the outline of your head. It's beautiful. I know we've just met for the first time and we're having a nice steak meal. I have to say, when you walked through the door, I thought, what a nice outline. You've got a fabulous outline of a head. And then. And then. I saw that the nose looked crooked and weird. <laughs> but you know, I look at your nose great. and it's just not sitting right with me. It's not in the middle. It's not symmetrical. Your glasses aren't sitting straight on it. I know. I so, you know, I, I will give you a nice outline of head. Yeah. Nose, I'm not so happy nose with. Nose creepy. Not working for me. Oh, but I couldn't really tell what it actually looked like at that point because it was upside down on my arm. Then I noticed he wasn't adding any shading or doing anything more to it. But I just thought, well, he's the artist. He knows best. It's a kid's line drawing at this stage oh, and a bad yeah. one at that. But suddenly he was just finished, and it looked half done. I didn't know what to say. I was in shock. I thought it might just take some time, but after looking at it properly, I knew I hated it. Yes, it's bad. Then I realized that Penny's nose looked something like male genitals, and then my friends all started telling me the same thing. Those women have had bad experiences with men. Because that does not look like normal genitalia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would say, looking at that dog's nose, that you're absolutely 100% correct. I don't think that looks like anything. Mm-mm. They must have had a run of bad luck. Right. Something diseased or... Oh, I have no yeah. idea. Oh. You open it up and it's like... <laughs> 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 Terrible. 
then they started laughing at it, and I can see the funny side of it now, but at the time I was crying and panicking. Poor Penny, it was just awful. I felt like I was one of, in one of those tattoo nightmare shows. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me now, you got be honest, we've got two ladies in the room, be honest, you don't mm-hmm. have to give details, you don't have to describe anything, I just want to know, for all of our listeners, for people watching currently now on our podcast, on our video, has there ever been a moment in your life, and you're ladies of the world, you're mature young ladies, mm-hmm. You've, mm-hmm. you know, you've seen a few things in your life, yep. has there ever been a moment when you've got to the point where you're taking it out and you're like, oh God. Is there, have you all you need to say is yes or no? It's just, it's just what's, have you ever had that moment? Yes. Miss Morris. One doesn't tell these things. Ladies don't know if that's a yes as well. I can't speak on behalf of Todd, but I would like to say <laughs> that in my life, there's been very few occasions where a woman's chest, for example, has suddenly been presented to me and you're yeah. thinking oh bloody hell I, I have to say everyone's been on the money i think mm-hmm. I, I mean i may have just had a run of good luck perhaps yeah but uh, over my years on this planet i have to say big small or whatever they've got over everyone's been on the money i've been happy whatever i've been presented with That's would that good. be a fair assessment chad have you been unhappy in that department i mean when you've seen one <laughs> pair you want to see them all of course you do <laughs> but on the other hand there's been a few times that i've been like Really? Eh, all right. <laughs> you weren't happy. What I, you... I, I, I wouldn't say I was unhappy. But it could have been a better experience. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're clearing all this okay. up. Yeah, this makes me yeah. very happy. In a desperate bid to fix the tattoo, Kayla appealed for help online and was pointed in the direction of a different tattoo studio where she, which had lots of good reviews. And after forking out another 54 pounds... 54? Wow, she's really going for <laughs> the high-end yeah. tattooing here, isn't she? Kayla breathed a sigh of relief after her beloved Poochie Penny actually looked like a dog. Nice. Wow. <laughs> That's a very bizarre-looking willy, or don't be so silly. You decide. Go to our Facebook site, look at the tattoo of the dog, and Chad is 100% right. If you have a willy that looks like that dog's nose, you have some serious problems. Mm-hmm. Something has gone wrong somewhere along the line. Meet the woman with the biggest natural boobs known to man anywhere in oh, the world. Oh, God, I saw those. Anywhere yeah. in the world. Whoa, They're the a huge world. 48V. You notice it's Whoa. not a double V, though. Just a V. <laughs> and Hawkins Turner boasts the world's biggest natural bust. The US woman who goes by the stage name Norma Stitz. <laughs> ah, that's no. awesome. Mr. No, and Mrs. Stitz, what would you like to call your daughter? Let's call her Norma. We <laughs> like Marilyn Monroe. That's yeah. a good name. We'll call her Norma Stitz. Holds a Guinness World Record because of her jaw-dropping cleavage. She has also used her breast to launch her career as an adult entertainer. The 62-year-old has since amassed thousands of followers on social media. How old? Norm, she's 62 years old. Whoa. It's old milk. Norma holds the world record for the largest natural breasts. After winning the title, she revealed her chest started developing at an earlier age than her classmates. She said, I started growing and kept on going. I started wearing a bra when I was in third grade, and it was a regular grown-up woman's bra. I don't remember ever wearing a training bra. Norma scooped this accolade in 1999, and has been unbeaten ever since. The erotic actress measurements are enough to make anyone's jaws drop. 
Her underboob spans 109.22 centimetres. That's over a metre for crying in the night. Well, that's four feet. I just want to share that with you. Thanks. While her chest has over nipple measurements of 177.8 centimetres. That's getting onto five or six foot. Although she wears a 52L bra, this size doesn't actually fit her. According to the tape measure, Norma should actually wear a 48V. This size doesn't exact, it doesn't exist, should I say. I was having trouble seeing my worms. <laughs> I was getting carried away. I was getting thirsty is what I was doing. <sighs> I looked at that poor woman and thought, glands. can you imagine the backache? How much must they weigh? I mean, just just how much does that weigh? Too much. I mean, that's got to be a, a hundred pounds, isn't it? At least you would think. You saw them, Chad. Oh, that's a lot. Of, that's two, two is fully... a lot, but I, I yeah. That's only 50 each. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not... <laughs> It's yeah, it's enough to knock you out if they fall from a a great a height. height. Yeah, can you imagine <laughs> she's lost the remote control for the TV. Can you imagine that? <laughs> she's scratching her chest and yep. suddenly the TV turns. She over. lost a midget. Yep. Who knows she's what's child. in there? No one knows. A midget. No, one, no one's oh, seen the cat for three weeks. Actually, probably plenty of people. She's an erotic actress, right? I'm sure she scratches year herself. Old erotic 62. Actress. She scratches herself, and next door's garage doors are opening up. No. <laughs> This size doesn't exist, so she has to get her undies custom-made if she wanted them to fit correctly. I'm guessing she's sewing some sort of quilt cover together and a couple of fly sheets from a tent. Even though Norma's cleavage is likely to make her backache, she's proud to be a Guinness World Record holder. Do you remember we did a story about the man who had the largest willy? Was it yes. like 19 mm-hmm. inches? Mm-hmm. A couple yeah. of Pringles cans. Right. I mean, we need to put the two together, don't we? Masses need to meet. Things need to attract. If you're interested, uh-huh. I read the story out of the guy that had the world's biggest willy. It was so funny. It was the funniest six minutes of my life, and I literally nearly died. If you go on YouTube, type in more questions and answers with Adrian Lee and type in the word penis, you will find that story for yourself. So wait, wait. You no, I know. Died I was right from there. your experience with the man with yes. the largest willy. I laughed so hard, uh-huh. a small uh-huh. amount of wee came out. I know where you're going with that. I'm blatantly <laughs> going to ignore you. But it was one of the funniest moments of my life. Do you know there's moments in your life where you laugh so hard, your stomach literally oh, yes. hurts, and you cannot breathe, and you feel like you don't know where your next gasp of air is coming from? That happened for me live on the radio. Yeah. And everyone just sat there looking at me while I was dying on the floor. So if you get a chance to listen to that, it will brighten up your day. But go to YouTube. More questions and answers. Adrian Lee. Penis inch something like that you will find that story i might actually post it on our facebook wall again for people to access it's the funniest thing that's ever happened to me and it happened to be recorded at the same time miss morris you have the final story of the evening in the round that we call not for your mother you've been waiting patiently you have the cherubic look of a innocent face about you the glow of innocence, an aura around your little delicate get the cherub yeah, face. Oh, it's going to no, be a story. Heather, I don't want to get the bucket. Get the bucket. And this is all being videoed, of course, so if Michelle does throw up, everything will be captured in glorious technical Yeah, Here, use the beer bucket. Wow, you polished off that cotton candy. I'm glad I didn't want oh, any. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, you like that, did you? Uh, it was really good, I actually. It was good as well. I don't know. Thanks, Martin. As a vegan personal trainer, it's probably safe to assume the mum of two, Tracy Kiss, already knows a thing or two about looking after herself mm-hmm. and being healthy. This is to do with... Oh, God, uh, I know what this is. But 
Her most recent health kick has seen her create a rather unusual concoction. She's making concoction. bread from the yeast of her vagina. Nope. She's making yogurt. She's culturing cheese. And he, she, needs the help of a male friend. Oh. Oh, my. Blending together fruit, coconut milk, almond milk, Tracy also adds a dash of semen One lump to or this two. health cocktail. Lovely. And oh, she's here it comes. Not adverse to using some on her face too. Oh, get it down, <laughs> you sweetheart. Good for you. Let me nourish you. It's oh. so. Oh, smells so good. Oh, like, I don't remember eating pineapple. Like aspergas. Oh. <laughs> According to her video tutorial on her YouTube channel, beauty blogger Tracy. It's all about you, sweetheart. Has been extolling the virtues of the semen facial for a while. <laughs> That's right. Look at Michelle's gone. I know. She's green now. She's That's green. awesome. She's not happy. It was, in fact, the advice of her beautician on how to combat her rosacea, which got her applying semen to her face and rubbing it in like this, Michelle, like oh, this. Oh, I need to meet that beautician. And then under, <laughs> and, and under I wonder the where mouth, she's getting her supplies from. And hey, under the some old tramp so in the backyard. You got to rub it under your nostrils like this, Michelle. God. Damn it. I got it. I got it from the vagrant who's out by the dumpster. <laughs> Fill that up. I'll give you five dollars and a hot dog. And now oh, no. she's the found are off. it works as a beverage ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course it does. I only meant to take a sip, but it all went down in one lump. <laughs> in one lump. By <laughs> <laughs> like drinking the contents of a spittoon. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit. <laughs> Michelle's being sick. It's a bit. Why does someone being sick always make you laugh? I don't someone know. Someone else's misfortunes. It's a bit claggy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, it's coming up. Did you eat onions for your dinner? I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go. Somebody oh. light a candle. <laughs> I'm going. I can't watch someone being sick. <laughs> oh. 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 What are you doing? I'm strangely fine with it. Oh, you have. No? <laughs> strangely fine with it. No. A late, an old lady that I used to know used to keep a book of matches in her bathroom, and, and if she her husband it... came on her face, mm-hmm. she'd light a match. <laughs> And then smeared on her face. That's right. Oh. <laughs> Good God. Is well, it, so you, this uh, Tracy is said... Is it warm or cold when it goes on? I'd been feeling run down and I had no energy, but now I'm full of beans and my mood has improved. How's your energy levels, yeah. Michelle? How are you feeling moody? New energy See? drink. New She's energy drink. all that protein. There. Demon semen. <laughs> <sighs> it's the devil's seed. <laughs> Ooh, a single friend of Tracy's brings over a container of his, um... (laughs) (laughs) Let's not beat around the bush. It's a bucket of jizz. Yeah, he brings it over. He spent a month saving himself for the right woman. In a cottage cheese container. (laughs) Oh, no. Three times a week. There's a hair in it. At least three times a week he fills up the 16 ounces of... He's got four (laughs) ounces like Popeye. In case you want to take a shot. Wow. <laughs> How does he get it in the bucket? Does he say to us, spit it in there? Uh, He's got great aim. 
But is it interesting <laughs> that everyone's now nice. ignoring Michelle? This has become the norm. Uh, yeah, we're used we're to this like, by now. You okay? <laughs> Does she look okay? Not really. The taste does depend on what her helpful friend has been eating, and Tracy Anchovies. also adds <laughs> that each batch has its own unique taste and smell. Oh, it's your dad's. Yeah. That's terrible. You got to go for the single barrel and right And she there. will sometimes <laughs> enjoy having it neat, depending on that week's <laughs> flavor. <laughs> That's with no ice, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Just a squeeze of lemon. <laughs> bad she'd also like to encourage others to get over any squeamishness michelle over the sperm adding sperm is an awesome product and we should stop being so ridiculous about it ridiculous about it Uh the health benefits have been well researched and more women and men should (laughs) men should take advantage of this semen as well yeah your skin looks dry chad (laughs) Uh, i don't even have crow speed i'm good here (laughs) it's made by our own bodies and doesn't contain e-numbers and chemicals so please eat some pineapple and anchovies (laughs) so you're Screaming semen can go on my face. Lovely. <laughs> Beautiful. She's never looked better. Just for Michelle, cottage cheese. I still don't understand why you're lighting matches. Why are you lighting matches? I don't understand what's going on with the matches. I was trying to tell you the old lady would keep matches in her bathroom because when you strike a match, the sulfur gets rid of any smells. ghost food. By, yes, so you're fighting sulfur with sulfur. That's right. Wow. Taking it too far or come as you are, you decide. Go to our (laughs) Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee and you will see that story for yourself in glorious technical. And remember, if you pay a single dollar, you will now have the privilege of seeing Michelle throwing up into a bucket in the studio. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place. With the K2 meter and the dead batteries. Myself, I never got off of a four. I win a night in Wrexham in Wales with a mirror and a candle in a Regency bedroom. So that's good news. (laughs) For me, we'll get out there as quickly as possible. In third place is Chad, who is just one point ahead of me. On five, he gets a night in a Regency bedroom with his dad and a spy camera. So that's all good. I'm sure I've read that out before for you. I'm sure you've won that prize on other occasions as well. In second place... Tonight with six points is Heather Morris. She wins a night with a real human oh. blood sausage and a random ear. Oh. So that's everything for her dinner right there. But tonight, winning the resplendent first place, $33,000 IR cameras. Michelle in first place with a nice round symmetrical, all things being equal, eight. She gets a night in a Regency bedroom with the evil version of Snow White and the seven dwarves that are currently <laughs> appearing in pantomime in a parallel universe do not fear listener remember we are Michelle. back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing bizarre and weird please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee and now you can jump over to soundcloud or any of our platforms uh, more questions and answers mqta radio where we're going to do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of filth in around that we call 
Not for your mother. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jaton Drainer, Michelle Curry, Chad Peters, and all of the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group in Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting.